Welcome to Nepal Now. My name is Marty Logan. I just checked two popular online fundraising platforms and very quickly found more than 130 campaigns raising money for COVID-19 relief in Nepal. Nepalese and non-Nepalese alike are rallying to raise money for oxygen, isolation centers, food and other daily needs, and much more to fight the devastating second wave, which is slowly seeping into villages. Leading the way is a group of people who, one year ago, were better known as victims of COVID-19. Migrant workers from Nepal who were stranded in Persian Gulf countries when the first wave shut down international travel. Many were broke, crowded into single rooms, or just sleeping on a floor in any empty space that had a roof. The Nepal government was roundly criticized for doing too little to rescue this workforce, whose earnings sent home to their families has fueled the country's economy for decades. So it was great to read one week ago that 560 oxygen cylinders had arrived from Oman, purchased with money collected from Nepalese living and working in the Middle East. Today, we hear the story of that whirlwind fundraising effort from the president of the non-resident Nepali Association in Oman, Bikal Zha. Here's our chat. Bikal Zha, welcome to Nepal Now Podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Martin. I really want to hear, you know, your description of how you collected the oxygen cylinders and that whole project, which seemed to happen very quickly. I, I really want to hear your description of that. But just before we get there, can you tell me a little bit about your own story uh, connected to Oman? I believe you're there now. Like, when did you first go there? How long have you been there? What do you do? And, and maybe your involvement with the NRN there as well. Yes, uh, sure. Uh, actually, uh, I'm here in Oman from last uh, six years. I came first uh, in 2015 uh, as a college, uh, college lecturer. As a, I'm in aviation and I'm uh, a faculty member here in a college. I teach uh, aviation management. We are having aviation management bachelor program, which is recognized by the University of St. Louis, uh, Missouri, the American University, and uh, plus NRNA from the same year, actually. I started as an executive member in NRNA when I came here first. And then uh, just recently, last uh, month, uh, I was selected as a president of NRNA Oman chapter till 2023. So uh, congratulations on your presidentship on Facebook. I saw a little bit about your, your life and your profile. I think it's really interesting that what you're doing I think sometimes we have this impression in our minds of what a migrant is, right? You know, we think of people who are working in maybe semi-skilled or lower-skilled jobs. But of course, you're the exception that proves the, the rule, right? That not everyone is, is the same and people go overseas to do all sorts of different things, including myself. So if I'm not mistaken, last Sunday, the shipment of oxygen, oxygen sorry, this is a bit tough, oxygen cylinders were shipped from Oman, uh, having been collected from, well, they were, they were purchased in Oman, but the money was collected from Nepalese in various Gulf countries, uh, and it was spearheaded by the NRNA in Oman. So tell me, how did this start? 
Where did the idea come from? How long did it happen? Give me some of the details. Uh, sure. Uh, actually, the NRNA entire, like, you know, at the uh, International uh, Council, ICC, we call it, uh, the ICC body, which is uh, head offices in Kathmandu. So uh, NRNA was, you know, planning to do something. We used to have like continuous, we are still having a continuous meeting, how to support Nepal in this uh, pandemic situation and in the second wave mainly, because, uh, you know, second wave, there are many people uh, suffering, plus everybody want to support their family members uh, in Nepal. So we had a meeting and then everybody was looking for something like, how can we support? oxygen concentrator oxygen cylinders or you know oximeters ppe whatever whatever all those medical so every one of us we were uh, eagerly uh, searching for these medical supplies so after that meeting i just had a call with uh, our ambassador here in oman so uh, she said like it is available and we can uh, we can actually purchase in oman it will be a little bit expensive but uh, we can do this so ambassador had some connection here with the you know companies and uh, relations with the factories so she said okay i can fix the meeting then i said okay perfectly fine let's have a meeting with them if it is available i can uh, call a meeting with our people in uh, nrna and uh, let's do this and it happens so quickly you know the very same day you know, we call for the meeting and icc people like uh, all our uh, vice president general secretary of nrna international council people they joined us and in the same meeting we decided okay let's do this it is uh, available so let's work on it and after that meeting immediately uh, friends from the middle east we had a chat like why can't we do through middle east till that moment there was no such plan called middle east or you know anything it, it was a plan from icc after that meeting we said this is the right time uh, to connect people emotionally plus you know we can set an example that was our main uh, motto of doing things so if we do it through the middle east all other reason will start doing the same thing because we knew at that till that moment there was no country who was initiating you know much only american and australians were a uh, little bit coming forward to you know support the nation but uh, uh, that was not much uh, amount within like few days uh, we continuously used to have meeting every single day uh, how to execute this plan and uh, we purchased very next day they send a money from nepal to purchase the, the cylinders and we started to connect with the airlines and ministries for the approval the customs packing all those things happened so quickly within like uh, you know 5 days time we we send our consignment there in nepal within 5 days and the worst part was you know it was a holiday here so it, uh, it was so tough to get the approvals through the ministries here and uh, our ambassador here she did really amazing job you know getting approvals within uh, the holidays time we succeeded because of our collaboration the entire um, team we worked so hard uh, in a gulf region our people all countries uh, presidents uh, nrna president they worked so hard to collect money at the same time because money was another crucial part because uh, initially we had a feeling that you know we might not uh, reach to that level contribution because it was almost 80 lakh rupees uh, total cost 
so it was tough but uh, we worked so hard and uh, <clears throat> media coverage was very good their appreciation was so good so that today we reached to the level where we have more than what we uh, required like um, today we collected 1 crore 20 lakh rupees almost till yesterday i think now we have uh, stopped that collection uh, because uh, it's already more uh, what we uh, initially thought and all these money will be expended in other other medical supplies we are planning for that today we are going to decide something so yeah this is how it happens the with the support of nepal government definitely they send the chartered aircraft and uh, we succeeded in setting up the example that's the best thing what we have done today in each country uh, like in the world we are in 83 different countries you know at the nrna association and each country is coming forward with some amount to contribute for this pandemic situation with the second wave okay, i'll just give you an example in uk uh, people collected almost 3 crore rupees within 2 to 3 days time that's like an amazing job they have done it and why they did it because okay middle east have done this so we also have to come forward we need to support so that masses has gone through Yeah that's incredible 5 days only just when you think about bureaucracy usually right i mean like you said getting getting permissions and then you you're working with two governments right you're working with the government there to send the supplies and then government here to receive the supplies it's a holiday in one country and still 5 days is is astounding and that's why i was thinking also you mentioned this but i was thinking also you were one of the first you know sizable donations right among countries among individuals among groups this one you know was notable one obviously because you're in apoli but number two because it was it was large like it was larger than the first donation of cylinders from china i believe i'm i'm curious about the money part how did you collect all the money i'm sure there were like dozens or hundreds of individuals sending money how exactly do you do that see what we did is after that meeting when we confirmed so we uh, had a meeting with each president here and we form a group said uh, let's collect let's appeal for the money now that we are doing we are sending the cylinders and in each country let's give them like a 2 to 3 days time to collect money so each country they uh, had a meeting with their people and their associ- different other associations in that country so we have so many uh, other uh, associations in uh, country like in oman we have more than 20 different uh, associations uh, but we are the registered one in nepal and plus we are registered here in oman too as a social club so others they are not like proper registered but yes a group of people coming forward to work together so those kind of groups we uh, talk to them and each uh, country they did this so nicely that all nepalese they felt that no we need to support this this is for a good cause it was very tough for us because you know whenever we are uh, association um, many other groups uh, they will always have you know negative uh, feeling too but this time everyone they surprisingly like even i was amazed we collected almost more than 15 15 16 lakh rupees uh, initially we thought maybe we can collect only 3 to 5 lakh rupees but every single one uh, they came forward to support you know i'll just uh, give you the one very touchy feeling what i had 
I know lots of Nepalese, they work in a supermarket. You know, a guy, he knew me. He just, you know, called me, Dai, uh, you are doing this thing. I heard uh, from other people. Can I donate you like a five real here? It's almost like uh, 1500 rupees. So that guy came forward to donate that much. From his side, I was really emotional at, at that moment because he is like, you know, trying to contribute for the nation. So that's how we, you know, connected. And for all this, media took a very good uh, role, actually. It was impressive. The media coverage, what we had, was really amazing. That's one reason why people came forward to donate us. Right, yeah, I, I saw that. I even saw coverage in Oman as well, uh, in, a, in an online paper in Oman. So initially, when I heard about this, like at the very beginning, I was thinking, you know, wow, this is fantastic, partly because, of course, last year during the lockdown, so many Nepalis working overseas were in trouble, right? There was so much tragedy. There was so much controversy about what the government was doing or wasn't doing. It's been a really tough time, I'm sure, for many Nepalis who were overseas or wanted to go overseas. Many couldn't come home, many got home and couldn't leave again. You mentioned negative feeling, and I don't know if you were talking about this, but was there any reluctance among people saying, you know, no one helped us when we were in trouble? Why should we help the government kind of thing? Or was everyone very quick to jump in? Exactly. Yeah, there was that feeling, of course. But, uh, you know, the thing is, we as an association, in Oman particularly, uh, of course, we have done in other countries too. But in Oman, during the first day, like uh, in March 2020, when we uh, lockdown started, from that day, we had one committee and I was uh, leading that committee. And we collected money. We, you know, supported so many Nepalese here, more than hundreds of Nepalese here. We supported them with the uh, food part. We supported them with various other expenses like uh, PCR, taste, cost, the air tickets, all these kind of things from our pocket, basically. So we did that, but it was not covered in the media. We have done a lot, actually, but it was not covered. So, of course, there were some people, not all, whoever uh, knew about this, they were very positive, but still some people, they always uh, have that kind of feeling you know um government is that why should we pay this to government this and that but uh of course when it came to the oxygen cylinder everybody they came forward to support that because they always had a feeling that our, our family might get this because uh, the situation was uh, horrible at that moment in nepal people were dying because of uh, the oxygen cylinder few people were there they mentioned that no i'm not going to do this that uh, to support why government is doing this but still we need to come forward we need to at least support whatever the government is doing and, and, and we can't blame the government because for this particular program government has supported a lot all those approval the government sent us the aircraft so that is also there so we can't say all the time that government is not doing. Of course, they are supporting these kind of programs. And this association is uh, really doing a tremendous job uh, right now. We are collecting so much money for the oxygen concentrator now. Within this week, there will be more than like hmm, four to 500 concentrator in Nepal.
how we are assuring the people that we will take care of these concentrators. So we had a meeting with the government in Nepal that we will take care of the concentrator, even though we are handing over to you, we will, uh, you know, we will check, we'll monitor where you are sending. And all those data will be monitored through GPS tracking. We are trying to add that in those GPS tracking system. So to make sure that it is not going to be, you know, misused, those uh, oxygen concentrators, we are doing this. For these cylinders, we couldn't do anything because it was the first thing we did. So at that time, there was no such plan. Now we came with a plan that we can track those things to make sure to convince people here that your money is not going to misuse. It will be taken care by the association. So even that part we are doing now. Wow, that's very interesting. That's a lot of foresight. And I was going to ask you about the, the oxygen cylinders because I saw that one article said that you requested that they be sent to specific areas, right? So 200 cylinders to Lumbini, 200 to Sudarpaschim, etc. But like you say, there's no actual way to physically track that. Do you know if the cylinders went as you requested or? No, we, we know it, it was dispatched the same day, uh, actually. Uh, and that request came from the government only. They requested that uh, let's send these um, into these places. And plus, even NRNA, we have one uh, health committee, the doctors' associations uh, with the NRNA. So even those guys were monitoring uh, where exactly is the required at this particular moment. Okay, okay. But doing the tracking with the um, concentrators, that's a, that's a great idea. I hope it works. And other people, again, that might be an example for other people. Exactly, yeah. Because it's quite expensive too. And plus, we don't want just simply the politicians or some other people who have uh, the connections to have it. Uh, it should reach to the people who really need it. So that's how we'll be tracking the entire uh, concentrator. And uh, we are planning now to all the countries, actually, they're uh, really working hard uh, today to support this concentrator because health minister, according to them, they need 1,000 concentrator. So far, we can do easily more than 500 pieces, easily. So that's, that much money has been collected already. Yeah, let's hope it will be uh, 1,000 and we could track all these concentrators too. Wow, that's, that's extremely positive. And it reminds me, I always think of this, and I, I've talked about this before, maybe people who listen to the show will remember, in the very first episode, I talked about this, there was a study done after some flooding in Saptari in 2017. There was an organization that went and studied where funding came from to help people after the floods. And, you know, I think we all have this perception, mainly because of media and because of announcements that we hear about, that this humanitarian assistance comes mainly from international countries. But in fact, what this study found was that I think it was 14 or 17% only came from that international sources. Most of the assistance comes from neighbors, local, national government, um, remittances from family members who live away, religious organizations. So a lot of help actually comes locally. You know, it's, it's this local networking that really comes to the rescue in situations like this. And you're just proving this again, right? With all of this, this fundraising and this, these collection efforts that you're making. 
exactly. See, there are many people, even here, they are contributing through their family. They send the money back to their home and they are uh, contributing, they are supporting. When they are outside, they are really, uh, see, our thought process, in our thought process when I'm working here, our uh, half of uh, our mind is in Nepal, you know, even today, even my family, what is happening there? We're so much connected when you are outside. So maybe that's one reason each and every individual, some of them, they are contributing through the associations, but mostly, yes, through their family members. Maybe that would be one reason why it uh, sold, according to that research, it's come from locally. Plus, one thing what I have learned in this entire process, mainly people in Gulf region, you know, even though they are earning very less, they have a very big heart, you know. They really want to help. They think beyond their family. That's what uh, is really emotional uh, to me, that they always think beyond their family, beyond their you know, friends. They think about the country. That part is really great. Uh, even I have learned this uh, in Oman. Uh, from last five years, I'm engaged with this association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. We talked a little about... The, the the terrible circumstances of one year ago for people living overseas. And then today also, the situation is almost reversed in the sense that now it's people in Nepal, many of whom really need help. How is the stress level for Nepalese in Gulf countries today? Is it, do you think people are feeling even more stress this year or was last year harder because people were unable to get home? Uh, see, I think the stress level is same, but the stress level is a little different. The first pandemic when we started at that time, there was so much Nepalese, they just wanted, you know, to quit their job. There were thousands of people who went from Oman. Mainly, they just want to be with the family because they had a feeling that if something goes wrong to me here, uh, I cannot meet to my family member. So that, because of this uh, reason... Many, many of them, they just left the job. They just went to Nepal to be with the family. That's it. So that was the stress level. But today, the thing is different. Of course, there is a stress level that if something uh, goes wrong to my family, I can't even meet them. But they are not in a position now like uh, last year. They don't want to go immediately by leaving their job and whatever they have here. They want to be here. But yes, they're half of the you know, thought process in Nepal uh, and about their family. So stress level is same, but in a different way, I believe. Yeah. Right. Okay. And people have lived through that first experience of last year. So they're maybe a little more, a little more confident or and they understand that there's a bit of wiggle room. They can take some time and think about things as well. So yeah, obviously you're still working really hard and there's lots of work to do now. I'm just wondering, you know, for the future, people are saying that we're going to have more pandemics and there could even be another wave of this pandemic. Has your association thought of putting money aside for the next time, for the next emergency? Do you have like a fund or? We don't have like for the next one, but currently for this, uh, our association is really working hard to provide at least 1,000 concentrators because we're more focused in this. So for each and every moment, we collect at that particular moment. Of course, this association, they have fund, but for this particular 
we have not yet decided that for third wave we'll be using this much of amount. That part has not yet decided. But uh, continuously, of course, this association is for Nepali. Our main motto is like for Nepali by Nepali. So of course, it will be there. Definitely, we are, will be 24-7 supporting for the nation and for people. Okay, great. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot to worry about now without without worrying about what might happen one day. So I certainly understand why people are focused on the moment. And like you said, you, you've you done a great job. You've set an example. I think you you encourage people, um, you know, maybe even you you encourage the government to be more more active and, and other ambassadors also. I see yesterday the ambassador from Spain helped spearhead a big effort. So that's really positive as well. Myself and Ambassador, we always used to talk in the very first day, we need to set an example that association and ambassador should work together to do something very immediately and proactively. Most of the nation, they don't have a good connection. The association and the ambassadors, the embassy, they don't have a very good relation. But here, we really, really have a good relation. I'll tell you one example. It was a full lockdown one night just before the dispatch you know i had to go to the airport to pay some uh, charges for the cargo handling department and it was all locked down the ambassador she said okay i will take you because my car is allowed even during the lockdown so that level of support is there see and that should be there in each country that relation should be there in each country and uh, yes definitely as you said set example and now many countries working together and we really feel proud for that. You know, many countries, even in Gulf region, there are other ambassadors that are working so close with the association. Okay, well, congratulations again. And uh, thank you very much for talking to me today. It was great to hear the story and to hear about Nepalese in Oman. Thank you very much for having me here with you and uh, encouraging. I hope this uh, interview will motivate some more people to support the nation and uh, you know work uh, closely with embassies yeah thank you very much having me here thank you my pleasure and good luck with the rest of your fundraising thank you very much thank you please let us know what you thought of today's chat with bikalza via our social channels we're nepal now or nepal now pod on instagram twitter and facebook you can email me at marty at martylogan, M-A-R-T-Y-L-O-G-A-N dot net. Don't forget to like, follow, or favorite the show on your usual podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and all the others, so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you this week to Chandan Kumar Mandal, Anand Rai, and Jasmine for helping to track down today's guest, Saraya Logan works on social media for Nepal Now. I'm Marty Logan, and I produce today's show. Talk to you next time. I'm going to have a problem with your second name because I'm not very good at the at those sounds. Uh, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Ja. 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 Uh, yeah, ja. Ja. Yeah, it's okay. Very well, I told to you. I told you I would have problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You can just say vehicle. Oh. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'm going to try it.
Um, okay, here we go. Uh, Bikal Za, welcome to Nepal Now podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Martin. Uh, Marty, sorry. <laughs> that's it. <that's, laughs> so it turns out uh-huh. it's you and not me. Um, hey. That's fine. That's great.